Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. I'm starting in verse 1, 1 through 5, if you want to follow along with me. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." All right. Hey, guys. Um, I'm so excited today. We're talking about discipleship today. And I know it probably feels like we talk about it a lot, but we're moving forward in our DNA. So we've been, remember, our DNA is KDSC, Kingdom Disciple Society Church. It's Kingdom Disciples Engaging Society. And out of that arises the church. And so the first two weeks, we talked about kingdom. And this week, we're kicking off disciple and, and what that means. And as we, as we said earlier today, uh, we were once orphans, and, and now we have a father. Now we have, have Jesus, our brother, our co-heirs with him, and there's, such, there's so much depth there. There's so much beauty there. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And so this whole series, Rise, is designed for us to become disciple makers, okay? Um, not just disciples, but we want to be people who are following Jesus, who can lead others to do the same. And, and so we have a simple definition of discipleship here at Trinity Life Church. And that, def- and that definition is this. It's learning to recognize the voice of God. Really simple. Learning to recognize the voice of God. That means, one, that we're in a process. That we're, we're continually doing it. We are learning. You haven't learned yet, not fully. We're learning we're journeying, we're walking with the Spirit, we're walking in step with the Spirit, we're, we're hearing God's voice, we're moving forward. And, and then also it means that you can take a course, it, you know, it's not about uh, Bible knowledge per se, it's not about learning this, it's not about learning that. This discipleship is lived out. It's, it's learning to recognize the voice of God, it's, 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 it's moving forward in that, it's growing in that. And that means that if we wanted a simple definition for disciple-making, it'd be something like this. It'd be something like teaching others to recognize the voice of God and equipping them to teach others. So if discipleship is learning to recognize the voice of God, then disciple-making is helping others to do that. And that's pretty simple, right? We're not, we're not saying you've, you, have, you do this and you've reached a certain point. We're saying... It's a, it's a process, and we're all in this together. So this morning, that's what we really want to teach you to do. It's two words. It's hear and obey. It's hear and obey. And that's it. So this morning, are you hearing and obeying the voice of God? 
And how do you know if you're a disciple of Jesus? Well, are you hearing and obeying? So we're going to go through John 10 this morning, through the first five verses, and we're going to talk about what it means to start to learn to recognize the voice of God and how you can grow in that this morning. So let's go to verse 1. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So we have here multiple voices, multiple players. You have a picture of a pen here of, of sheep, and you have one way in and one way out, and you have all these other ways that a thief and a robber can try, can try to get into the sheepfold, can try to get into the stracks. And, and think about that. How does a thief operate? A thief isn't going to take the front door, right? Uh, unless it's unlocked, I guess. But, but in this illustration, uh, a thief isn't going to go in the front. A thief is going to sneak around to the side, to the back, and try to climb in another way. He's going to try to do it uh, so that others don't notice, right? And, and try to steal the sheep or try to lead the sheep astray. That's, that's the picture that Jesus here is, is painting for us, is, is that a thief and a robber is going to come under a shroud of darkness, Right, is, is going to come to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and so who are thieves and robbers? Who are thieves and, and, and robbers in general? But who are thieves and robbers in your life? Uh, think about that. And, and what, what are they? Right? And not, it might not be a who. It might be a what. What are the thieves and robbers in your life? And it might help for you to think about it in terms of things being robbed from you. So think about that. If you're trying to figure out, well, who are the thieves and robbers in my life? Well, what's being robbed from you? What don't you have that you're supposed to have in the abundant life that Jesus promised you? Because he, he says that in, in verse 10 of this passage, which we won't talk about today, but he gets to it and he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they might have life, and they might have it abundantly. So if, you're, if, you're, if you are a follower of Jesus, and you feel like you're not experiencing the abundant life, then there's a thief or robber stealing something from you that you should have. So, so what are you missing here? Is it, is it joy? When you, look at, when you look at your life right now, is, is, has joy been stolen from you? Has has peace been stolen from you? Is your, is your heart in peace? Is it ruled by the peace of Christ, as, as Colossians says? You know, is, is it uh, compassion? Has compassion been, been stolen from you? These are things that Jesus has come to give us. These are things that a follower of Jesus uh, would operate in. And if you don't operate in these things, that means maybe they've been stolen from you. The, the robber has come in and taken them. The thief has come in and taken away patience and kindness and goodness. But he may have replaced them with other things, anger and malice and rage and hurt and brokenness and unforgiveness. And so you see the thief, he doesn't just come to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. And, and Jesus says, 
the thief and the robbers are trying to come into the pen, and they're trying to lead us astray. They're trying to lead the thief. Uh, they're trying to lead the, sh- lead the sheep astray. But the other side is, is the shepherd. And guys, this is why in, in, in R3, this is why we're, we talk about inputs. This is why we talked about, last time we talked about up, in, and out, right? These are our three rhythms, R3. And uh, up is our relationship with God, right? And, and we talk about in, in that, one of, the, one of the Fs there is fuel. And that refers to your inputs. It refers to what, what you're putting into yourself to grow as a person, it refers to uh, what you fill your free time with, right? And, and here's why inputs are so important. It's because a lot of times a thief and the robber steals from us through our inputs. Church, the enemy is not an ugly, horned, red, dirty goateed, pointy-tailed person thing. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 that just as false apostles disguise themselves as Christ's apostles, so does Satan disguise himself as an angel of light. Because if he looked like, if he looked like the devil we created, no one would follow him. No one would believe him. No one would listen to his voice. But he doesn't look like that. He looks like an angel of light. He, he, he disguises himself. He disguises his, his evil and his ugliness, and he, and he calls to, to people. And, he, and there's so many, so, so many things that he uses in terms of inputs to do that. And so what's the easiest way in our culture, right, in our culture today, what do you guys think the easiest way is for Satan to, to, to disguise himself as an angel of light? and to come to steal, kill, and destroy? Well, I think the easiest way is through inputs. It's through our culture. It's through, it's through what you're inputting through music, videos, books. Um, it's through what you're, what you're inputting through uh, what you do in your free time. It's through entertainment. It's, it's through all these, all these things that the enemy just just barely kind of pushes us off course, right? Just, just leads us astray, just a little bit. And you may say, well, well it's not like I'm, I'm watching, pick your example, this, and, and you've made this okay. It's not like I'm listening to this, but, but you've made this okay. And it's just a little bit off. And, and, and how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy is, is through a lot of those ways that, I guess, we just don't even recognize, right? Because it's a voice that's normal to us. It's the voice that's normal to everyone around us. And it's a voice that we've just come to accept. And that's the deception. That's the deception, guys. Do not be fooled. He's stealing what's rightfully ours. He's stealing your joy, your peace, your goodness, your faithfulness, your forgiveness, your compassion. And here's the kicker, it's your own choice. You're choosing to listen to that voice over the voice of God. And so what, what a lot of us have become are not disciples of Jesus. We become disciples of something else. We become disciples of our culture. You become disciples of 
uh, a certain podcast, you become disciples of politics, you become disciples of uh, a certain person you follow. Um, you, I mean, just look at who you follow on, on IG, look at who you follow on Facebook, look who you, like, who you follow on Twitter, if people still use that. Like, it's, it's, it's who you follow, right? Who are you following right now? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voices are actually contributing to the abundant life? And whose voices are actually stealing from the abundant life that you were meant for? And the thing is, the enemy, he's not forcing you. He's not forcing you to listen to his voice. And he's not forcing you to give him those things. So he's not really even stealing from us. We're giving them to him. It's our choice. And that's the ultimate deception. And so this passage is so key for discipleship because we have the the thief and the robber here in verse 1. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I'm saying this to you, which means, guys, listen up. He repeats it twice. He's like, "I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you that there is someone and multiple voices who are going to steal the abundant life from you that you were created for. And he says, the one you should be looking for is in verse 2. It's the one who enters the door. He's the shepherd. He's the pastor. That's what that word is. Now, I'm not saying that's me. <laughs> that, that word is pastor. He's, he's here to, to care for you. He's here to guide you. Jesus came to to make sure he's feeding us right, right? To give us the right inputs, to give us the right food and the right, and the right drink. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later too. That's what Jesus came to give us, the healthy inputs. He says, hey, listen to my voice. Jesus is saying, I'm the pastor here. I'm the shepherd. I'm here to, to pick you up and lead you well. And, he, and we see that here in verse 3. It says, to him, the gatekeeper opens, The sheep actually, what do they do? They hear his voice. And he calls, he speaks his own sheep, he speaks to them by name. Guys, Jesus knows you personally and intimately. The enemy doesn't. But he knows you. He knows what? He knows sin. And so he knows our sinful flesh. And that's why it's so deceptive. That's why it's so easy for him to call us and uh, to go that way. But Jesus is saying, I'm here for you. I came for you. Remember, he says, when he shows up on the scene, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's why we started with the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, let me show you how to live as a kingdom citizen, as a child of God, because I'm here to care for you. And so the sheep, that's us, we hear his voice. And he calls us by name, and he leads us out. So, how do we hear the voice of God? Okay, it's, it's clear that Jesus is speaking, that God is speaking to us, right? But, but how do we hear his voice, right? What does that look like? Well, let's, let's talk about what the most foundational way, the most reliable way to hear God's voice is, and that's through the Bible, That's through the scriptures. This book right here, we know, is is God's revelation. We talked about that in the first first part of this. Uh, This is God's revelation. He speaks through this. It's clear for us. It's sufficient. It's authoritative. It's 
It's all those things so that we can trust this word and we can trust that it's from God. Now, uh, what's, really, what's really cool is that this isn't just an up thing for us, right? Now, yes, you're supposed to read the word of God. You, with, with the spirit, in the power of the spirit, you can read the word of God, you can understand it, but it also happens in, in that other rhythm. It also happens in community because, guys, uh, the, the church is a community of biblical interpretation, it's a safe place for us to interpret the scriptures together. And not just the church, Trinity Life Church, uh, but because when that happens, if, if you just have a church going over here by itself, when well, you separate it from orthodoxy and from historical, historical interpretation, which, which is called historical theology, you, sep- you can separate the church from that, which can, that can go astray. So we are in a larger tradition of biblical interpretation. And, and so that's the community of faith. But the scriptures, you can read them on your own and you can hear the voice of God. Every time you open this book, the presence of God is with you. The presence of God is here. You have a guaranteed encounter with God when you read the scriptures. It's the most foundational way to hear the voice of God. And it's what teaches us to hear the voice of God in all the other avenues. So there's other ways, okay? There's, there's prayer, right? You can hear the voice of God through prayer. Guys, prayer is not a monologue. It's not you just talking to God. As a matter of fact, when I pray, I mostly listen. I just carve out time to sit and listen. Now, I say things here and there, but mostly it's just me being in the presence of God, trying to hear his voice, just listening and allowing him to even guide my prayers. Most of the times I come, I, I come to pray without an agenda. I just come to sit and, and listen and then let God guide those prayers. And so even prayer is a conversation. It's you hearing from God. It's a dialogue. So prayer is a way to hear from the voice of God. I'd also throw in there uh, your thoughts, your mind. 1 Corinthians 2 says you have the mind of Christ. So Paul almost talks about it like that is our default. Like our default way of operation as a follower of Jesus is to operate in the mind of Christ. Because I know the question you're asking. The question is, well, how do I discern my thoughts from God's thoughts? How do I discern when it's just me or when it's just God? You are a follower of Jesus. The fullness of the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So assume the Spirit's thought, uh, your thoughts are the Spirit's thoughts. That's 1 Corinthians 2. Now, because guess what? You know when it's not. You know when it's sin. You know when, when it's wrong. I and mean, really what you're talking about is, is discerning a good situation from maybe a, a good choice from a great choice, right? And, and that comes through experience. That just comes through you, you trying to hear the voice of God, saying, okay, I'm going to go here, and then saying, oh, okay, maybe I made the wrong choice. Uh, maybe, well, maybe it wasn't wrong, but maybe it just wasn't the best one, right? And then, so it just comes through walk. It's why, it's why our definition of discipleship is learning to recognize the voice of God, right? It's a process that, that we're walking through, not in isolation, we get to walk through it together. So uh, scriptures, prayer, uh, your thoughts, other people, right? I mean, if you didn't think God spoke through other people, why are you even listening right now? You, you, you shouldn't, uh, but other, other people, God uses other people to speak encouragement to us, exhortation, correction, rebuke, God uses other people to tear us down in order to build us up, right? Um, sometimes God uses other people just to tear us down. 
was talking to someone this week about that. And, and every time someone says something to me, I ask, God, what do you want me to hear in that? What do you want me to hear? You should have a posture where you're, where you're willing to hear the voice of God through anything and through anybody, uh, no, matter, no matter what. And, and so uh, through other people, uh, let's see, uh, through nature, Romans 1, right? Romans 1 talks about this. We, anyone can look in nature and know that there's a God. And, and so nature speaks God. This is, this is a psalm saying, saying that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. It's Psalm 19, right? The skies proclaim his handiwork, right? This is, this is nature speaking to us that, that there's God, and, and sometimes God speaks through nature. Um, music, art would be other ways. There's, there's, there's a bunch of other ways uh, uh, that, and then here's the last one that I'm going to mention today, circumstances. And the reason I mentioned it last is not because I saved it. It's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best way. Um, it's actually uh, the least reliable way to discern the voice of God is through circumstances. Let me repeat that. Circumstances is probably the least reliable way for you to discern the voice of God. But it's the one we use the most when I, when I, talk, to, when I talk to other Christians. Um, now, the word is one we should use the most, but we even interpret, we even use our circumstances to interpret what we read in the word. Uh, because, uh, I mean, guys, I'm sure you talk to people all the time like this. You might be one of these people where, where something happens and you say, well, that's a sign. That's a sign from God. Um, that squirrel cost, crossed the road right before my car ran over it. So that's a sign that I'm supposed to go in this direction. Right when I drove under that, that tree, all those birds flew out. So that's a sign. That's a sign I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to do this. I got fired from my job. So that's a sign I'm not supposed to have that job. No, well, maybe you just sucked at your job, right? Um, Right? And, and we use circumstances sometimes to just really, really say that's what God's saying to us. But, but um, a lot of times it's, it's very unreliable. So um, here's the thing. I'm not saying don't try to discern God's voice through circumstances. Try to do that because God speaks through circumstances. But it's another one of those things that experience helps you with. As you walk with the Lord, you'll discern it a lot better. Most of the times, for most of us, we discern circumstances in hindsight. And we say, oh, that's what that was there for. That's why that happened. That's why the Lord did that. In the present, it's, it's very difficult unless you've been walking with the Lord for a while and unless the scriptures are actually your true foundation for hearing the voice of God. And you can do the other ones well, too. So don't rely on circumstances, but it should be in your repertoire. Right? Like you, should, you should have it to use. It just shouldn't be your go-to. Um, and, then, and then use others, guys. If something happens like that, use others to help you discern that circumstance. That's what the community of faith is for. It's this one another, life, this one another lifestyle where we get to discern God's voice together. So many of us try to hear the voice of God on our own and make decisions on our own. And, and guys, you don't have to do that you actually weren't created to do that. You weren't meant to do that. You were meant to do that with each other. You are meant to do that with us. We were meant to do that together. So invite other people into that. And don't be afraid of that. You should, you should welcome that because you really don't want to make a wrong step, right? You really want to follow Jesus. You really want him to guide your steps. So let him do that through the resources he's given you. So Hearing the voice of God. There's so many ways we can do that. Jesus speaks to us here. He says the sheep hear his voice. And it says this, 
they also know his voice. This is verse four. It says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. So he's leading us. He goes before us and we follow him. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. We know it. It's that simple. If God were to speak to you audibly right now, would you recognize his voice? Do you know God's voice that well? If he were to speak to you audibly right now, would you know it was God? You might say, well, yeah, because it's going to sound like a booming voice. No, no, no. <laughs> um, it, it normally doesn't happen that way, right? It's not like God from the heaven, the booming voice. You're like, yeah, okay, that's, that's God. Uh, no, w- would you know if God spoke to you audibly right now and it was just in the room? Or would I think it was... Missy, or Adam, or Clarence? Or would I know that that was God's voice, not someone else in the room? And you might say, yeah, but check out 1 Samuel 3. In, in 1 Samuel 3, it's, this, is, this is the passage we use a lot of times to teach people how to recognize the voice of God. In this passage, uh, Samuel has, has been in the temple since he's a baby. So his mom, because the Lord gave her a son, she gave him to the service of the Lord. So he's been serving God all his life. He doesn't know anything else except the temple is his home and he serves the Lord. And God calls to him. And and it says God calls to him when Samuel is sleeping by the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represents God's presence. And so Samuel is actually in God's presence. And he doesn't recognize the voice of God. God calls him, and Samuel thinks it's someone else in the house, in the temple, in the room. He thinks it's Eli. He thinks it's the high priest. Which, which kind of makes sense, because up until this point, I don't think he's heard the voice of God before. Um, now, for us, we have the Spirit of God living in us, and we've hopefully heard the voice of God before through Scripture, through others, uh, through prayer, uh, things like that, right? Um, so, uh, Samuel, uh, we're, so if we don't recognize the voice of God, we're, we're kind of in a worse boat than Samuel is, because don't, we don't know if he's even heard it yet. So, but he doesn't recognize it. And he's in the presence of God, guys. He's been ministering to the Lord all his life, and he doesn't recognize the voice of God. And this happens three times. God calls him, and Samuel goes to Eli, and Eli's like, I didn't call you. Stop waking me up in the middle of the night because they're supposed to be sleeping. Goes back. God calls him. And, and guys, uh, this is what God says when he calls him. He says, Samuel, Samuel. And do you know what Samuel's na- name means? Samuel's name means the Lord hears. So when God, essentially when God is saying his name, God is saying I hear you. The Lord hears you. God hears you. I'm here. And Samuel still doesn't get it. He goes to Eli, right? So, and and then there's a verse here that says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And that's what we're talking about earlier. And and so this happens three times. Eli finally recognizes this for Samuel. And and Samuel, Samuel hears the voice of God the third time. 
and then, and then responds. And, and Eli says, respond in this way. He says, respond by saying this, speak, Lord, your servant hears. So when God calls him again, Samuel says, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And, and, then, and then after that, Samuel, it says in Samuel 3.19, he grows. Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. Let none of his words fall to the ground. And Samuel's established as a mouthpiece for the Lord. He's established as a prophet in all of Israel. And, and then the word of the Lord begins to be revealed to him more and more. There's this beautiful passage of Samuel learning to recognize the voice of God. And so as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, hoping to become a disciple maker, learning to recognize the voice of God is so key. And that's, that's what we want to help you with. And so how do you do that? Let me just give you one practical. We talked about ways you can hear God's voice, but one practical way to, to start to attune your heart, your mind, your ears to hear and recognize the voice of God is by doing what Samuel did, is by saying, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Guys, that's not a magic phrase. It's not, it's not meant to say, okay, God, you speak now, because he's probably constantly speaking to us through so many different things. Uh, it, what it does is it's, is it's meant to put your heart and your mind and your ears in a posture of listening. Because what you do in that moment is you say, speak, Lord, you are Lord, your servant, I am your servant, and I want to hear you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak to me. And it prioritizes the voice of God. So something I do every morning is I say that phrase. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning. The very first thing. It took me just a few days to train my mind to do that. A few days consistently of doing that to now, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it the rest of my life. The first thing I think of every morning is saying, speak, Lord, your servant hears. So I do that. Every morning I get up and I say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And I listen. Now, I'm not really expecting God to speak something, uh, like speak everything, give me the, like, the matrix download all in one moment. Um, but what it does is it just opens me up. It, it, it sets the tone for my day that I want God to speak through me, uh, to me throughout the entire day. And then so he, can, so he can speak through me as he did Samuel. And, and, and that says, God, I want to hear you in any, in any respect, through anybody. Um, and so I say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. The second thing I say is, Jesus, make me more like you today. And the third thing I say is, Spirit, fill me. And so those three things I say every single morning. And I start out by saying, speak, Lord, your servant hears. That's just a practical way that started training me to hear the voice of God on a regular basis throughout, my, throughout the entire day. And... And, and so we see that example in, in Samuel here, and, and we see that if we can recognize the voice of God, if we can recognize Christ's voice, then we'll follow him, and he'll lead us towards the abundant, towards the abundant life. And in verse 5, it says, a stranger, they will not follow. What will they do? They'll flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. So eventually, when you hear that other voice, you will actually run the other way. You'll flee. Why? Why would you just run? Why would you do that? Because you don't even know that voice anymore. 
you don't even want that voice anymore in your life because you know the voice that is leading to guide you, to care for you, to lift you up, to make you more like Jesus, to fill you with the Spirit, to use you to reconcile other people to that life, to, to God, to the Trinitarian life. And you don't want any other voice. You just want, you just want that voice and whoever that voice is speaking through. And so you run away from the stranger's voice. Guys, one of the best ways to become more and more familiar with the voice of God is to remove the other voices. So am I saying you should remove yourself from the world? Am I saying not to listen to anything from the world anymore? Well, no. I'm not saying don't listen to the world, don't listen to anything secular. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that once God's voice is supreme, you can find his truth because all truth is God's truth and you can find his truth and use that to filter out and discard the rest. So that when you do uh, input that thing, you can either say, you know what, I shouldn't input that at all, or maybe I should input that, and I can use this filter of God's truth to take what is gonna build up and to discard the rest, right? Guys, if you can learn how to do that, that'll change, that'll change your life. You will actually live the abundant life. If you can learn how to take God's truth and filter out the world and, and find his truth in the world, That'll, that'll, that'll catalyze your journey of learning to recognize the voice of God. It has to start with God's truth. See, for most of us, we've started with the world's truth. And we couldn't help it, guys. We were born in this world. We were born in, with a sinful nature. We were born in, into, into this, and, and you had people who brought you up that didn't fully operate in the truth of God, maybe. And, and so you have to learn this, and we get to do this together, right? And so we've all tried to do this, but what I want you to recognize here is that some of the, some of the, some of the things that you're, and we're talking about inputs here, it's just one thing, but some of the things you're listening to or inputting, you don't even recognize are robbing you of the abundant life. And I want you to recognize that this morning, because once you do that, then you can take out those voices and you can really focus on the voice of God. And that has to start with the scriptures, guys. It has to start with the scriptures. So for those of you who want to be a follower of Jesus, those of you who want to be a disciple of Christ, those of you who want to be disciple makers, if you don't read the word of God, if you don't know this book and what's in it, then how can you help anybody else discern the voice of God? And how can you even discern the voice of God? And how can you presume to tell other people if they're discerning the voice of God? As you know, <laughs> how many people tell me that they know, uh, well, I won't get into that. So, <laughs> but you have to know this book. And guys, for most of us, if you can, I think you can see this, for most of us, we spend our time in this much of the Bible right here, right? 
And I took out Revelation already and, and Jude. Maybe I'll take out 3rd John. Who reads those, right? 3rd and 2nd John. How many of you guys read those, right? But, so we spend our time in, in, in this part of the Bible, right? Um, Revelation's kind of hard to understand. You know, 2nd and 3rd John, they're just paragraphs, right? So, uh, and, then, and then, you know, we're in the Gospels here and there. So really maybe Romans is kind of hard to understand, so maybe we don't do that one so much. Um, Titus, do we read Titus and Philemon? I'm not sure. Hebrews is, is pretty thick, so maybe it's really only this much, right? Out of the whole Bible, out of all of this, we're, we're only in, in here. And, and so that's just a picture of, if you're trying to learn the voice of God, this is a, a visual picture of how much, if God is speaking all this much, and you're only getting this much, that's how much of the voice of God and how much you know of God right now. And then even in this, do we even know this that well, right? And so read your Bible. Just read it. Just, just allow God to speak uh, through you. And Missy and I have been reading our, our Bible for the past uh, four, four weeks now or something like that. We've been trying to read through the entire Bible and, and uh, start in Genesis, and now we are in the second Kings. And it's only been about a month, guys. And, and so we've, yeah, second Kings. Like, that's, that's a pretty big chunk, right? It's, it's this much. It's this much just in a month. Because here's the thing. We started reading it, and we couldn't stop. We couldn't get enough of it. Because every time I read the Bible over again, Psalm 19 happens in my heart over again. It's sweeter than honey, even honey from the honeycomb. It's, it's, it's richer, it's more fine than pure gold, and I want it more than any of those things. Right? It's, it's what the psalmist says there. It's, it, there's something about diving into this that the Lord uses to, to deepen my desire to hear his voice. And I can't, I can't stop reading it. Like, I look forward to reading it every day. I wish I could just sit down and read through the entire thing all day and, and just do that. And, and so, and I know, guys, it's hard. You, you go, um, we approach this, and it's hard because, what's well, the Bible, and it's big, and it's a lot of words, and there's a lot of names, there's a lot of um, things that we don't understand. And the only way to start to understand it is to read it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've read through the entire Bible. I just keep on doing it. I just keep on reading, and I can't get enough of it. So as you do that, God gives you desire to do it more. And, and so if you want to learn, to, if you want to start learning to recognize the voice of God, you have to start here. And here in the, the book of John, in the Gospel of John, there are seven I am statements surrounding this passage, where Jesus says, I am this. And as a disciple of Jesus, if you want to experience the abundant life, Jesus is saying, you're going to experience these seven things. There's actually eight of them uh, uh, that I put on an eighth one. So we'll, we'll start with the seven, then I'll go to the eighth. But, but Jesus says, you get these things if you start to hear my voice, if you want to learn to recognize my voice. These things are, are here for you. The first one is out of John 6. And he says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me shall not hunger. This is an input thing. And then he says also, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Because he's, he's going off of John chapter 4 there where, where he says, 
If you come to me, to the Samaritan woman, I'll give you living water. He says, I'm the bread of life, and I can give you living water. You shall not hunger or thirst anymore. You, shall, you will not be hungry for whatever that input is that you've been feeding on. You will not be hungry anymore for that, whatever that, that is. You'll, you will not thirst anymore after that, that, that thing. You'll want me. You'll want to feast on me, he says. I'm the bread of life. The second thing is, out of John 8, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows after me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. No more darkness if you follow after Jesus. He's the light of the world. You'll walk in the light of life. Then he says in John 10 in this passage, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He'll be saved. He will not be killed. He will not be stolen. He will not be destroyed. He will not perish. He will be saved. And then also in this passage, John 10, he says, I, Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Not just the shepherd. There's other shepherds. He's the good one. And he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. That's how you know he's the good shepherd. He's laid his life down for his sheep. He hasn't said, I'm the shepherd, so I know what's best. I'm going to overlord over you. He says, I'm the shepherd. I do know what's best, and I'm going to lay my life down for you to show you that. And then in John 11, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, he shall live. I'm the resurrection and the life. And then John 14, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, he's the door, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, he says, except through me. And then in John 15, it says, I am the true vine. Think about a vine, guys. A vine has leaves and branches all over it. He says, whoever abides in the vine, in me, and I in him, they will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So you have to stay attached to the vine. And there's a really cool picture there. The father is the vine, is the vine dresser, which is really, really amazing imagery there. That the father is, is there to, to help us grow and, and fruit as Jesus, as, as we abide in Jesus, the father prunes and he helps us grow correctly, right? And then the eighth one is Jesus in John chapter 8, which is, is, um, uh, is a very powerful statement. So Jesus is with the Pharisees in John chapter 8. And it says he's, he's kind of with, John uses the word Jews here. He says, the Jews answered him, uh, are we not right in saying that you're a, de- that you're a Samaritan, you have a demon? Basically, they're insulting him. That uh, it's, There's a racial insult there, and then there's a very powerful religious one. You're, you're also a demon. And, and Jesus, says, Jesus says this, he says, basically, if I, glorify, for, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. But you have not known him, he says. I have known him. I know his voice, he's saying. And if I were to say I don't know him, I'd be a liar like you. And he says to them, your father, Abraham, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. And they say, Abraham, you're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? And he says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 
And that statement is Jesus saying, I am God. It's from Exodus 3. It's, it's this, this powerful statement of, of Yahweh, of the name of God. He's saying, I am. I, I will be what I will be. I am who I am. It's, it's this personal name that, that God gave to Moses to lead the people of Israel out of slavery, out of oppression. And Jesus in this moment is saying, I'm here to set you free. I'm here to set you free. You know, the chief thing that the enemy steals from us is freedom. And he makes Jesus look like the pen. You know what? I think the enemy wants us to stay in that sheep pen. Jesus is the door to lead us out into freedom and learning to recognize the voice of God. If you can do that, you'll experience more and more freedom in Christ. And that is the abundant life that he says he came to give us in John chapter 10. And that is the life that we want for you as you follow Jesus and as you become a disciple maker for Jesus Christ, for his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you are the vine dresser, that your son Jesus is the vine, and that you use us. Why do you use us? I don't know. We are so weak. We are so, we're just jars of clay. But you choose to. You choose to speak to us. You choose to reveal yourself to us. And I pray that we will not waste that, that your voice would not fall on deaf ears, so speak, Lord. Your servants here, we are your servants. Use us as you see fit. We ask this in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.